Each of us has a purpose. We are destined to do something meaningful, not only to support our loved ones, but to positively impact our communities throughout the country. What do you think a private Christian education looks like? Grand Canyon University graduates 25,000 students yearly and offers more than 225 high-quality programs across nine colleges. Find your purpose at GCU. Visit gcu.edu. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. You're listening to Wellness Talk with your host, George Batista. Hi, this is George Batista, and you're listening to Wellness Talk. Thank you for being with me this week. Glad you guys could join me. Wellness Talk is the show that goes over the latest in health, healing, nutrition, fitness, uh, pretty much everything we can do to live a longer, healthier, and happier life. Hope you guys get some good tips this week. Wellness Talk uh, is for educational purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice of any kind. It is not intended to treat, diagnose, prevent, or cure any illnesses. So please consult your physician first when wanting to make major changes in your health programs. Uh, You can go to uh, Facebook forward slash wellness talk to check out the articles that I always go over. Go to georgebatista.com to speak with me. And you can always email me at wellnesstalk at hotmail.com. All right, so let's see what we're going to go over this week. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about blood pressure medication, and it's linked to increased rate of death. That's from Wellness Resources. And uh, some new takes on blood pressure that the Western medicine has finally got to deal with. Uh, We're also going to go over uh, babies and beneficial bacteria. Those of you who are pregnant or looking to become pregnant, this is something you want to pay attention to because this is going to go over how uh, when uh, babies are born, the actual way they are born and how they are fed. It's not just how they're fed, but the way they're actually born in general in the hospital also makes a difference in health. So I'll go over that. We're going to talk about detoxification and weight loss. Those of you who want to lose weight, you definitely want to do some detoxification, and I'll go over that with you and tell you why. From Natural News, our, we're going to talk about black elderberry, and that's going to be our uh, nutrient for the week. And we're going to talk about its antiviral substances and uh, the history of black elderberry and what it's good for. And... Um, so that, that's going to be pretty interesting. And those of you who are feeling forgetful, uh, hope, hopefully not too many, but 
top ten, we're going to go over the top 10 foods to improve your memory. And that's always a good thing, especially if you're older. All right, so let's get right into it. First, from Wellness Resources, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, blood pressure medication linked to increased rate of death. Well, we know this is something that uh, Western medicine and big pharma hates to hear, but this is actually something they're going to have to deal with because now it's coming out that uh, blood pressure medication is not all that it's cracked up to be. And, well, let's see why. Well, this is this was um, coming from the Journal of the American Medical Association. They study, they, I mean, this is a study uh, showing that tight control of uh, blood pressure with drugs is actually associated with an increased risk of death. Now, the authors wrote, and I'm quoting from here, In this observational study, we have shown for the first time to our knowledge that decreasing systolic blood pressure to lower than uh, 130 millimeters in patients with uh, diabetes and CAD, CAD, was not associated associated with further reduction in in morbidity beyond that associated with systolic blood pressure lower than 140 uh, milliliters and in fact was associated with an increase in risk of all-cause mortality. How about that? And the the increased um, mortality risk persisted over the long term. So, what's this saying in lay language? Well, first of all, we know that uh, Western medicine's answer to the blood pressure conundrum, which you know, heart disease and blood pressure problems is is one of the leading uh, issues that we've got in our society today. And Western medicine's answer to it is to take all different sorts of blood pressure medication. Now, as you know, they they do you know they come out or they uh, pretty much give all these different types of medications. I mean. You know, the types of medications they deal with, whether it's, uh, you know, it could be a, a diuretic, which basically reduces pressure by making, you know, kind of making you go to the bathroom a lot, or uh, calcium channel blockers, which work to relax and widen the arteries, they, or they can uh, attack it from a, a, with a beta blocker, which, you know, weak, which kind of weakens the heart so it doesn't have to pump as much, but, or an ACE inhibitor, which is uh, another thing to help to relax arteries. You know, those are generally the ways in which um, it's attacked. Now, you have to remember something, and this is, you know, this is the message I always try to, uh, you know, I bring across when I talk about this thing, uh, specifically blood pressure. You know, there's a reason why a person's blood pressure is up, okay, whatever the reason is. Now, it's usually simple physics, if you really think about it, okay, I mean, you either have a, a a narrowing of 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 the tubes leading to the heart, which you know whatever it is that the blood pressure the the, has, the heart has to pump harder to uh, push your nutrients through you know the the uh, arteries and so on and so forth. You know if the tubes become rigid and hard, that can cause a problem. If they become uh, glycated and stiff, that can that can cause a problem. If the muscles surround if the muscles surrounding the tube constrict, uh, it prevents the tubes from expanding. That causes a problem. 
or if the amount of uh, the amount of fluid uh, increases, like for example, kidney failure and stuff like that, that will also bring your pressure up. But there is a reason why the blood pressure is up. So, of course, you know, you go to the doctor and they, they look and they see that your blood pressure is up and they say, well, your blood pressure has been up consistently. Here's some medication and you can give you a pat on the head and they go home. And then you're expected to be on this medication for a long period of time. Instead of actually doing some detective work and finding out what is the issue and why is your blood pressure up? Because that's the real issue. Okay, uh, whatever it is, if you're, if there's something going on inside your, you know, your arteries and, and so on and so forth, that's driving your blood pressure up because you got to uh, remember, it's the force at which your blood is flowing that's that's you know that your heart has to pump harder for whatever reason, whether it's you know high triglycerides or whatever it is, but your heart has to pump harder to push that blood to get the nutrients to the cells because at the end of the day your body has to get the nutrients to the cell and it will do whatever it can to do so even driving the pressure up so you know there's there's a lot of ways to um to attack blood pressure without taking medication now obviously if you're if you're in a situation where your blood pressure is through the roof and you're about to you know explode then yes you know that you you know then i would say in my opinion you know okay you you know deal with um getting some kind of medication until you kind of you know until your blood pressure comes down and then you work on fixing the problem uh but that's you know to me that's the most common sense way but obviously you know lifestyle factors are going to play a part in this so you know losing weight obesity is going to play a part in it's you know uh, stopping smoking if you smoke, uh, start exercising uh, if you have any family history with it. You know, these types of situations are going to play a part in blood pressure um, uh, issues as well. But remember, at the end of the day, as you get older, uh, for everybody, um, you know, the the cardio, the cardiac system or the cardiovascular system does become a weak point because, you know, as you get older, that's what happens. So you, you have to do everything you possibly can to keep it uh, as strong as possible, and that could include, um, you know, your, your cleaning up your diet, making sure that you're exercising as much as you can, making sure that you're out of those risk factors, and making sure, you know, if you're taking dietary supplements that help the heart, especially things like magnesium, hawthorn berry, uh, fish oils, all these types of things help um, with your cardiovascular system. So, anyway. Um, you know, finally, mainstream media, you know, the, the information is starting to come out that blood, pre- blood pressure medication is really um, not uh, the best thing to go by. I mean, again, you know, you have to use your judgment on this. But um, before I go on any blood pressure medication, I'm going to exhaust every possible option to make sure that my blood pressure goes down. And it's, you know, it's, it's not rocket science. It can be done. Because people do it every single day. All right. Next. <clears throat> this is from the Baseline of Health Foundation. This is from johnbarron.org. And it's babies and beneficial bacteria. Well, now we know that um, there's been many, many, many studies done about how <clears throat> when babies are, you know, when, you're, when little babies are, are fed, for example, the difference between a baby being fed, um, you know, uh, the mother's breast milk versus 
a baby uh, being fed formula. And obviously there's significant differences there because they've they've found that a mother's breast milk is, you know, is very, very beneficial because obviously the baby doesn't have a developed immune system yet. And um, so the mother's transferring her immunity to the baby to help fight off any uh, potential problems. And, um, well, they're actually taking it a step further here because there's some new information that's come out regarding actually how babies are born. Now, the study uh, which took place at the University of Alberta in Edmonton, Canada, shows that the bacteria introduced to the newborn during vaginal delivery and through nursing uh, are different than those um, babies received when they were delivered by C-section and fed formula. Now, you know, the nursing versus formula we kind of knew, but they didn't know was about the actual vaginal delivery versus the, um, <clears throat> versus the C-section. Now, apparently, this is what they did. I'm going to quote this. The scientists took stool samples from 24 babies when they were three months old. By analyzing three samples, they were able to determine that the microbes present in the stools of those infants delivered via C-section were very different versus those delivered vaginally. Those delivered by C-section had fewer colonies of um, Escherichia and Shigella bacteria than those babies delivered vaginally. Now, those bacteria, just so you know, those are beneficial bacteria or like probiotics, basically. These, uh, These are both beneficial forms of bacteria when present at proper levels and provide the groundwork for the microbes to build upon. Now, these things are responsible for shaping the immune system and helping it to distinguish between what should be allowed to travel smoothly through the digestive tract and what should be attacked by the immune system in general. Okay, so this is this is a, a, a huge finding here because we're realizing that that the actual way a baby is delivered also makes a difference in their health. Now, obviously, you know, uh, you know there are C-sections being done all the time now. You now, doctors now, um, you know, do C-sections on a regular basis. You know, before they used to be very few and far between, and now they happen, you know, very regularly. And of course, you know, there are many times where a C-section is necessary, where you can't avoid that, okay? But we're seeing that, um, you know, th- there is still a difference in the actual delivery when, when a baby first comes out. Now, <clears throat> um, my suggestion would be if you are getting a C-section, then do your best, if uh, if you can, if uh, to, be a mer- to be a nursing mother because again, at least if they're if they do not get that beneficial bacteria when they are delivered via C-section, they can still get it via um, via you know the nursing mom or via the mother's breast milk. Because things like colostrum are extremely important to a baby's uh, you know developing uh, immunity. Okay, to help off fight off because you know a little baby should not have to fight off any kind of infection, especially if they don't have their own immune system. Now, of course, this goes back to, you know, when the mom is pregnant, she has to do everything she can to um, make sure that her baby or or that she keeps herself in good health as well as her child, 
because that's what's going to make a difference. So good prenatal vitamins and just a great overall diet as well as possible. Lots of protein because you got to remember now that your your body literally has to split itself almost in half to feed not only just yourself but your baby as well. So that's something to think about. And you don't want to, what you don't want to be is carrying a child and, and, and have nutrient deficiencies at the same time because that's also going to make a difference uh, in your child. So, now also, the researchers from the University of California, San Francisco in 2008 found that babies born by C-section have a greater chance of developing asthma and allergies than vaginally de- delivered babies. And a 2012 study of the University of South Florida in Tampa linked C-section birth with a 20% increased risk of type 1 diabetes. So, we really didn't know. I mean, people, I guess people haven't really realized that it makes that much of a difference. So, again, my opinion is, you know, obviously if you can't have it vaginally and have to have a C-section, then do everything you can to nurse that baby with mother's breast milk, if at all possible. Uh, to try to get that beneficial bacteria and be- beneficial immunity transferred over, and um, and uh, you know hopefully that will uh, that will keep your baby in you know in, in good health and and growing because again you know it, it all starts at birth really if you think about it it starts from there and and um, you're, la- you're you know you're basically laying the groundwork for a healthy child and and, and eventually a healthy adult. So it makes a big difference. All right. Okay, we're going to talk a little bit about detoxification. Now, those of you who are who are looking to lose weight or any kind of health program to lose weight, you know, doing everything you possibly can, one of the things you want to also, uh, you know, think about um, specifically is detoxification. Well, why is that? Well, because you have to remember that if you're overweight uh, or obese or whatever the case may be, um, you do have a good amount of uh, fat-soluble toxins in your system, and it's usually in your white adipose tissue. Now, listen to this. Uh, listen to some of this information very carefully, and I'm quoting this. In the 1980s, the Environmental Protection Agency conducted a program called the National Human Adipose Tissue Survey. And in 1982, and again in 1987, it analyzed human fat samples from cadavers from across the country looking for the, ty- for the types of toxins that accumulate in fat. Now, this is what they found. Four industrial solvents and one dioxin were found in 100% of the fat samples. Okay, that's 100% of the fat. So every single person, every single person that they... That all every single cadaver basically that they that they uh, examined had these toxins in them. Every single one of them, hundred percent. Now another nine chemicals, including three more dioxins and one furan, were found in more than ninety percent of the fat samples. In general, eighty-three percent of the fat samples contained PCBs. So what is that saying? That saying is that every single person on this planet, if you have fat and you have uh, white adipose tissue, which we all do, you're going to have some level of toxicity. Period. End of story. Okay. Now, here's where it gets interesting because you have to remember that 
when you're overweight, and specifically we're talking about the overweight uh, people out there who want to lose weight and do everything they can to lose weight, which is good. You want to do that. You want to exercise. You want to, you want to, you know, get that weight off. What you have to be careful with is toxicity in the weight loss mode. Why? Because when you're losing weight, you have your your white adipose tissue um, is it's um, it sucks up a lot of the toxins okay the reason why it does that okay because the, your body by nature wants to make sure it gets those toxins away from the organs and toxins away from the the places that it's not supposed to be so what it does is it actually traps many of the toxins in your white adipose tissue and it will hold it okay so that's one of the things it does now the problem with that is is that uh <clears throat> You know, you have to manage your detoxification systems properly as you lose weight in an important, and that's going to be determining a determining uh, factor in how much progress you make. Because number one, if you run into a lot of toxicity when you start losing weight, that can stop your weight loss. And number two, it can make you feel very crummy. So what ends up happening is when you're losing that weight, that fat's coming out. It's coming out, but those toxins now are going back into your circulatory system and it can cause problems. Okay, so people think they're just going to lose weight and not, you know, don't have have any issues, but many people go through a, a phase of toxicity when they are losing weight. And that's something you have to be and and you'll know these symptoms when you're feeling tired, when you're feeling sluggish. You know, you're you could be exercising and eating right and losing weight and you're thinking, okay, that's good, but why am I feeling crummy? Why am I feeling tired? Why am I feeling run down? And one of the reasons can be a toxicity issue because again, those toxins are now released back into your body. You've got to get them out. So and especially women, because women have uh a higher a uh, women have, you know, a, a higher um body mass than men generally do, um, you know, in general. And also these toxins, when they're, when you become high, when they're in higher levels in your blood, they can depress your thyroid function and they can cause other issues. Okay. Which can also make you feel tired as well. So these are things that you have to consider when you're wanting to lose weight. Now, you know, it's, you have to understand that your white adipose tissue is in many ways uh, a defense mechanism against excess because, again, it keeps the, the excesses away from your vital organs like the liver and the kidneys and so on and so forth. So it's going to store them that way. So, And, again, these are PCBs, formaldehyde, toxins, all these things. So, you know, uh, a couple of those are a few things to consider as you're losing weight. Um, now, how can we fix this? Well, uh, number one, um, you have to look at, um, try not to eat excess. Okay. So food, food in excess, for example, whether it contains toxins or not, uh, you know, if you have, if you're poisoning yourself with too much food, basically, if you're eating too much food, that's going to be toxic in toxic in and of itself. Okay. So too much pro- protein produces too much ammonia, um, too much fat clogs, vital organs, uh, and co- also directly kill cells. Too much sugar caramelizes and cements cells. So these are things you have to manage. So again, d- don't overeat. That's one of the things to do, uh, especially when you're when you're in this phase. Try not to overeat. Number two, 
You want to reduce or eliminate non-organic foods because you got to remember that almost all pe- pesticides on, on produce are fat-soluble. And uh, they're fat-soluble toxins, and you need as few as possible coming into your body. So, um, you know, try to eliminate as many of that. Try to eat as organic as possible to eliminate having to get all that stuff stuck in your GI tract and so on and so forth, okay? Um, If you are struggling with toxins, you may need to reduce things like dairy, meat, egg, salmon, tuna, uh, all that types of stuff. And um, until you can kind of get past that, situation so that's another thing that you need to do if you're again if you're struggling with toxins and stuff like that um also you know um you know if if you can't eliminate all the meals just try to eliminate at least one category of food um but if you're stuck and just can't seem to make progress even though you're you're doing everything else right in general it's a numbers game okay eat better quality food especially if weight loss progress you know progress slows you know, I mean, your body can handle a certain amount of toxicity, but, you know, you really have to pay attention to how it's working. So things that you that can help with that situation as well, lots of fiber, things that can chelate these things out of your body. So you have to also up your fiber intake to at least 40 to 50 grams if you when you're losing weight to help get that out. Things like chlorella help chelate out those types of things as well. Uh, pantothenic acid does helps helps with these things. Um, all these things, anything that helps the liver with detoxification. So we're talking about quercetin. We're talking about uh, silymarin or milk thistle. All these things work in conjunction. If you, you can use these things to help get these toxins out of your system, and you may find yourself uh, getting back on track as far as losing enough weight. So. That's just some tips if you are dealing with some toxicity as you lose weight. Just be careful, again, when you do go on your weight loss, um, you know, your weight loss program. If you're feeling, you know, you have to really gauge how you feel. So, um, that's that's the most important part. Really gauge how you're feeling. If you feel a little toxic, then it's probably that it's getting your system. So, you know, do your best to get that out of your system as much as possible. All right. <clears throat> Next, we're going to talk about black elderberry. This is our nutrient for the week, and this is from Natural News. This is the most anti, uh, the most antiviral substance known to man. Yeah, black elderberry. Now, what is elderberry in general? Well, it's gained in popularity for 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 years now, but it's actually been around for for centuries. I mean, it's been it was used in colonial America. It was actually called the, the, the country medicine chest because it has so many healing qualities to it. And um, it's been, you know, it's been known, to, you know, uh, it's, it's actually part of a tree, a, a shrubby tree that produces white flowers in the early summer. It does contain, you know, concentrated amounts of vitamin C, flavonoids, fruit acids, and uh, anthocyanic pigments. It also is an excellent source of vitamin A and B. And has again antiviral properties, and p- many people use it in the winter, especially to help fight flus and, and colds and things like that. Now, why is this being studied, and why is this so popular? Well, because it's such a powerful antioxidant, it's been used century in folk medicine as well. Okay, um, you know, pe- you know, they've used it even way back then to to deal with all kinds of wounds. And it's actually even been shown to be effective against herpes simplex virus. 
So that's very interesting. Now, a 2001 study published in the U.S. National Library of Medicine stated that elderberry extracts are natural remedies with antiviral properties, especially against different strains of influenza virus. Another 2004 study published in the NLM commented on reduction on reduced duration of flu symptoms when using elderberry. Symptoms were relieved on average four days earlier, and use of uh, rescue medication was significantly less in those receiving elderberry extract compared with placebo. And elderberry may have anti-inflammatory, antiviral, and anti-cancer properties. And one study suggested that elderberry could also kill the H1N1 virus. So how about that? (laughs) So... Uh, at the end of the day, elderberry is a fantastic, powerful, powerful, very powerful substance. It, again, used for centuries, and it's got it's it's still being studied for its antiviral properties. But it's unbelievable, and it's something you should consider in your toolbox, especially in the winter. Come you know when the winter comes. Now that we're getting, you know, towards the springtime, which is good, we could try to get our vitamin D levels back up. But vitamin D, elderberry, and vitamin C, three important things I think you should have in your medicine chest when you're heading towards the winter months. Because those things are going to help you, you know, in, in not only prevention, but if you do come down with something, it's going to help you at least with, uh, at least it's going to help you um, as far as duration goes to get that cold to not last or that flu to not last as long as it uh, as it does. So um, check it out. All right. And finally, this, this, this week, this is from Mind Body Green. Are you feeling forgetful? The, f- the top 10 foods to improve your memory. Well, we know that uh, studies have shown that in the, you know, Everything from the 30s to the early 40s now, their uh, cognitive decline is starting to little by little set in. Um, I don't know if you, those of you in your 40s and 50s starting to forget things, but um, so, <clears throat> but it doesn't have to happen that way. Okay, you, you can you can gradually slow this process down. There's a lot of different ways you can do it. So, I'm going to talk just very briefly about 10 ways and 10. Uh, different foods here that can help you with that issue. So this is from Lisa uh, Lisa Guy from Mind Body Green, and uh, number one is oily fish. Well, <clears throat> we've known that fish uh, fish has always been known as brain food. Okay, I'm sure your your mom has told you that. Well, salmon, sardines, and other. And by the way, I'm quoting this: salmon, sardines, and other oily fish are rich in DHA. A type of omega-3 acid that's essential for optimal brain performance and memory. Now, these um, healthy brain fats, they, keep, they, they line the brain and they keep the cells flexible and they keep messages that, helping them pass easily between uh, the cells in the brain and the endothelial cells and those types of things. And, and uh, you know, just keeps synaptic plasticity. So that's very important. Um, in brain health. So that's number one. Oily fish, DHA, salmon, um, DHA in supplemental form, excellent as well. Number two, coconut oil. 
Coconut oil is the perfect brain fuel. It is an abundant and medium-chain fatty acids, which are a fabulous energy source for the brain. Uh, Consuming coconut oil will help you improve the functioning of the brain. It can help to boost memory as well. Try to get it organic, if at all possible. I put one of I put a, a a big scoop of coconut oil many times in my smoothies, and uh, it's fantastic. So, but coconut is one of the healthiest things you can use as well as in, in your cooking. So it's something to uh, <clears throat> to um, think about. Number three, eggs. How about that? Eggs. Why? Well, eggs are an excellent excellent source of choline, and choline. Is an important nutrient that's you uh, that's used to produce uh, acetylcholine in your body, which is a neurotransmitter involved in your memory. So, now choline, where choline is found, is in your brain. It's actually in the myelin sheath, which actually helps to protect part of your brain, and it insulates the nerve fibers throughout the brain to facilitate to facilitate you know um, the transmission from from you know the electrical impulses that go from one section of the brain to another. So you know glial cells and the and the um, the transmission through between glial cells in your brain. So acetylcholine is one of the best things here. But um, again, eating eggs helps to give you a good source of choline. My suggestion would be to get um, organic eggs if at all possible, or free range eggs at least, because they will have minimal, uh, you know, minimal things in them that you should be ingesting. Number four. Walnuts. Snacking on walnuts can help you boost the memory. Why? Walnuts are uh, are thought of as brain food, not only because they're shaped like a brain, <laughs> but because they're an excellent source of alpha-linoleic acid, which is a type of omega-3. Uh, and so that's very important as well. So walnuts, excellent for a snack. Um, I, I love eating walnuts. I think it's very, very important. Okay. Uh, we're going to look at Brahmi. That's, that's spelled B-R-A-H-M-I. And um, it's an important herb. It's actually used in Ayurvedic medicine, and it's a powerful brain tonic. It it's, uh, has a reputation for helping improve circulation in the brain and enhancing both short and long-term memory. Again, that's Brahmi. Uh, it's an excellent herb used for many, many centuries. Number six, green tea. Now, the Chinese, uh, you know, are way ahead on this one. They, you know, they actually, they've long believed that green tea is good for your memory. And researchers have actually discovered that the compound in green tea, which is EGCG or epigallocatechin, uh, I never say this right, but it's epigallocatechin gallate 3, <laughs> uh, that's the potent antioxidant in green tea. And that's... Um, <clears throat> That's beneficial for, I mean, it's not only just beneficial for your brain, it's also beneficial for a whole host of things. They they call it, and it has, a, it has anti-cancer properties and, and all these types of things, but it helps with degenerative illness and cognitive function. So those of you who are drinking your green tea on a regular basis, keep doing so because you're helping your brain. Number seven, ginkgo. Known as the brain herb, ginkgo is commonly used by herbalists for its ability to enhance memory because it, it improves blood circulation to the brain by dilating blood vessels and reducing the stickiness of the blood. And it also appears to you know increase energy production within the brain by increasing 
the brain cells glucose uptake because you got to remember that your brain runs on glucose so it increases the, uh, the glucose uptake and, it, and it, again it improves the nerve transmission and the nerve signals in your brain okay number eight rosemary this essential oil rosemary is often used in aromatherapy but has been shown to boost mental performance and memory and it also actually helps it's it's also been um used um for many many years as far as relieving anxiety and lowering cholesterol levels a lot of people use rosemary for that especially as an essential oil so it's something you may want to think about number nine l-tyrosine l-tyrosine is an amino acid now the brain uses it to produce dopamine and now dopamine obviously is you know for those of you who don't know is the brain chemical that's that's responsible for mental alertness it's responsible for memory um and it's very very important and it's in you know l-tyrosine is usually found in in foods like chicken turkey fish almonds yogurt uh, cheese all different types of stuff like that so that's that's a good one and number 10 we have berries in general things from blackberries to blueberries to raspberries anything with a berry in it is so essential for many things why because number one the berry berries um are high very very high in anthocyanins and flavonoids which are very helpful to the brain and help uh with cognitive decline especially the blueberries the blueberries have been studied for years on this as far as their effect on your brain and cognitive decline so you know if you can get your if you can get a good half cup to a cup of blueberries put them in a smoothie or just eat them or whatever you need to do uh, do that because they're extremely beneficial so those are the 10 nutrients to help uh and the 10 foods to help uh, you as far now there's a ton of other stuff you can use uh especially along with that as far as um you know supplements and so on and so forth but if you want to go uh food wise those are the best 10 foods as far as improving your memory all right so that's pretty much it for this week uh again uh if you have a question for me you can go to uh you can email me at wellness talk at hotmail.com be happy to answer that for you uh so i will be back next week with more information more very important information as far as health and healing goes until then Have a great week, everybody. Take care and be well. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today.